Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. there foodies and welcome back to another episode of foodie films of course this is your host your chef de cinema cuisine kyle reinfried what's going on what's happening how are you how you foodies doing we are what a week and a half into the established uh or at least you know by in new york new jersey in the united states our self you know quarantining our social distance distancing how you guys how you guys doing with it? Uh you know, I'm having a little bit of a rough well, you know, perspective. I'm fine, I'm healthy so far. Uh everyone I know is fine and healthy. Am I getting a little it's not even stir crazy. I'm still, you know, I'm going out for walks, keeping a safe distance. I'm cooking up a storm, I'm I was eating a lot. I'm trying to get a little better now and just really recognize, you know, not snacking or not cooking too much food when I'm cooking. Um, But it really just comes down to just like a little feeling of like self-worth or lack lack thereof, which I'm sure a lot of people are going through because I'm not, I don't have much work right now. But that's what's great about this podcast. I'm here, I'm talking to you guys, and I hope you're enjoying it. Maybe you can bring a little levity in these uh, tough times, in these just very, yeah, you know, never experienced anything like this before, so I guess we're lucky in that sense. But uh, this is, you know what, we're getting back to basics on this one, guys. It's called Foodie Films. It started out as a podcast just talking food-centric movies, and this is one of the most centric ones you could ever talk about. It's it's on the list of like those top five foodie films, and that's Big Night. And so, a big foodie film, one of the best foodie films. I gotta have one of my best friends on, and that's Brian Rodriguez, my co-host and partner of P.S. I Love Hoffman, and the host of High School Slumber Party. You should know his name via this podcast. Uh, he's been a guest numerous times. And, uh, this is, it's just a delight talking this movie. I hadn't watched it in a while, and this is just a movie about passionate people, creative people, and, uh, I think it's just something that we can all enjoy right now, and it's, we say it on here, but I'll say it again right now, so if you want to pause this, 
go watch it and then listen to the episode. It's on Amazon Prime if you got Amazon Prime. So nice, easy way to watch it. So without further ado, here I am talking with one of my best friends, one of the best foodie films, Big Night. Here we go. Bon appetit. Or manja. All right, Brian, welcome back to Foodie Films. It's welcome to the new year, this great year of 2020. Woo, best year ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to laugh a little bit, right? Can we still Can we still? Of laugh? course. Without levity, there's no life. Oh, man, this is just, uh, you know, we're not, we're not going to ponder on it too much, but um, just obviously a lot has happened in the past... I'll say two weeks in America. Like, you know, it's been two weeks since, like, all the, you know, NBA and MLB and NHL were, like, you know, kaput with their seasons or not, or delaying the seasons. Um, and then it's been over a week now of quarantining. How are, how are you coming along with all this? Uh, I'm okay. You know, um, obviously, as you know, I had to fly back from my honeymoon. That wasn't fun. But the important thing is that. I'm healthy. I'm safe. Uh, some people have certainly been affected. Obviously, I'm very close to the medical community as well. But I have to say, I'm excited to be here. It's been a while to be. It's been a while since I've been on Foodie Films, and I've been eating a lot of food and not doing a lot of working out. So, food's been my life. <laughs> I, I as as has everyone. I think I the first like handful of days during quarantine, I was just going just cooking and eating way too much uh (laughs) has there been any go-to dishes for you or i mean have you been have you ordered out as well or anything like that um we ordered out once but we're trying to avoid that not because of you know we want to support local businesses but there's also obviously a concern um with safety and health and I don't know, gave us an opportunity to cook because we don't usually cook a lot. You know, me and my wife, very busy. So now there's kind of the opportunity to do that. And we stocked up with all this food from the soup. We're not hoarding food or anything, but, you know, we have a good amount of canned goods and that kind of food. But, you, you know, when you start this, it, you're exactly right. It's not about, like, let me just eat to eat. You're like, hey, let me make a meal, you know? So it's been a lot yeah, of like... everything becomes a meal, <laughs> not just like a simple thing to eat, a meal. Look, especially coming off our aborted honeymoon where we're eating out breakfast, lunch, and dinner, having a yeah. great time, you know? <laughs> having some really good food. Uh, from the little we went to South Africa, the cuisine was amazing. The wine country, oh my God. Better yeah, than that's, any... I didn't. I didn't know that they had like a... a, like a wine country going oh my god that wine country again makes napa look like long island and i love long island but you know what i mean you know Uh yeah it's so beautiful and it was so we're literally like at one vineyard sitting on top of a mountain essentially overlooking the ocean and just like the plains and it was just so beautiful and the wine was so good and that's where we learned that we had to return so imagine being in like paradise (laughs) yeah (laughs) Sipping on wine, and oh, compared to here in the U.S., it was so cheap, so cheap. And that's, that's we were having amazing. great times. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you know already that I was very sad to hear that you guys had to come back, and it was just a whole. I mean, now I think pretty much it's been declared like 
get back to your country, right? Like officially. Yeah, we went a little bit before that, but glad we did because a lot of the flights oh. have been canceled. Um, yeah. You know, at the time you feel sour about it, but better safe than sorry, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll make it back there. Maybe I'll even uh, I'll, I'll join you and crash your second honeymoon. You're more than welcome. We said, hey, <laughs> we, we did the alone thing that like if anyone who wants to come uh, for the yeah. second half. Be my guest. That goes out to the foodie, foodie. What do you call them? The foodie fans. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the foodie fans. The foodies. <laughs> it should just be the foodies. The foodies. Yeah. If you want to yeah. join me and my wife on my honeymoon, <laughs> you are welcome. Oh, oh. But we were saying, um, you know, cooking at home and such. Like everything has been a meal. I've never seen my wife cook this much. I don't think I've cooked this much. I feel like I'm a thousand pounds, and and that's terrible. I get it. Like because you know it seems like we're like hoarding food here, but just. We're settling into our being at home and cooking zone. Um, yeah, just this new routine, right? Also, like, we have all these appliances from like as wedding gifts. So using that <laughs> air fryer a lot, tell you that much. Oh, I love a good air fryer. I love broccoli and, and the air fryer. It's my favorite. Mm, good, good. Uh, but this a morning, healthy I, option. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this morning, I made a traditional Dominican breakfast. Ooh, the the thick cut uh, salami. Yeah, I cut it thinner. I cut it a little thinner because, I, as you pointed out, as many people pointed out, I'm known for cutting the meat too thick. Well, that's but that's fine if you're making that cuisine because that's how they do it. Yeah, because you're if frying you're making a charcuterie it, you know, you plate. That's a little different, <laughs> but you, you don't want it to shrivel off in the frying pan. That's um. true. That's true. Exactly. You want, yeah. It's gonna be losing all that fat, and you know, yeah, you want to go shriveling away. I um, I've been cooking a lot too. Like I, I've been doing a lot of uh, trying to. I I don't eat a lot of rice, but then that like that being something that's in my like I always have it, but I don't. I I never ate a lot of it, but I've been trying to like do a lot of stuff with right rice dishes, so I'm not splurging on you know crazy amounts of food at the supermarkets or, or hoarding myself but i've been getting into coconut rice mm. uh making some i have like this yellow curry rub that i've been putting on chicken and fish and stuff like that i picked up a bunch of uh oh god what kind of fish some kind of white fish. tilapia that's what i picked up a bunch of tilapia um, yeah, and then I made the mistake of buying, not like the cream-filled ones, but those little Cadbury eggs, <laughs> you know, which ones I'm talking about, like the yeah. colorful outsides, uh, yeah, and I bought a bag of those last week, and I've already gone through those, that was a mistake, it's just like, I can't, I don't know how it, people that work from home do it, kudos to you guys, I do not have, I don't know if I'd have the self-control, I mean, obviously you're working, like right now, I'm not really working much, I'm trying to find creative that's thank god for this podcast and outlet um but yeah that's kind of the problem with working at home right like during this period is like you can't operate business as usual there are some businesses yeah that are still doing well and making a killing but you've highlighted um through your social media a lot of the businesses that aren't specifically restaurants and such and i know even some restaurant personnel like from the business end are working from home but it's posting on Facebook. It's trying to keep alive and keep awareness. Some of the work from home is just, just you know, to do something for for lack yeah. of a better word. So these are tough times. Definitely, like I mean, a lot of people, you know, just talking to people, you just that self worth, and you just you can't forget that you know, 
that this is just, I mean, such an odd circumstance that people are going through. So it's like, it's, you know, I mean, uh, I've never been laid off per se. I mean, I've never had <laughs> a typical job as like freelancing and stuff like that. So, I mean, but I definitely have had moments of depression that I'm just like, what am I, you know, what am I doing? Like, what do I, you know, like I, I need to just be doing something. And that's what, I mean, a lot of people I think are going through right now. And yeah, these people that work in the service industry, um, you know, a few of them maybe can still work in the restaurant, but any of the servers, like maybe one or two could stay on to help like bag up the items if people are, you know, for pickup or, or delivery, but yeah. uh, just tough times in a lot of places. I, you know, I feel bad, like I'm, I want to help, but then also I'm like, oh my god, I feel like I'm taking advantage of them right now. But this uh, Ani Ramen, this uh, it's I mean it's a I, it's not a chain. They have a you know couple locations, and there is one in Jersey City, and they had and they they still have. So you guys, if you if you're nearby and you want to support, they have uh, they match whatever you buy. So I purchased a fifty dollar gift card that is worth a hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. So cool. I mean, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely gonna and they're you know, I mean they're still doing uh they don't do they've never done delivery so it's still um you know you go there and you can pick it up so I'll definitely pick up some ramen but then I mean if I purchase more I mean definitely something I can use uh you know the gift card after this is all said and done but just yeah a lot of restaurants a lot of you know chefs I know a lot of chefs that just started I recorded uh with uh chef claude lewis that episode will come out in april sometime and he started his new restaurant freetown road project back in late december so that's you know it's tough there's a you know there's a lot of restaurants that just opened up that you know they still needed that they don't have that word of mouth that you know you're usually used to in the first couple of months so um, hopefully the government can actually step in and do the right thing. And uh, I know I posted this too, but you can contact, you know, your local politicians and try to get them to vote and, you know, get them to do the right thing to help uh, just not just service industry people, but obviously a lot of individuals out there that need uh, financial support and just all different kinds of support right now. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a whole new world when this is, this is over. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, all businesses can succeed as is, but you you hit pause on what was a booming economy, you know, and whew, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And I just want to, I mean, not to make light of things or to, you know, obviously there's plenty of other things that I want to ha- happen again and just obviously everything get better for individuals. I just want to, I do, I want to, I want to travel again. I want to sit down. I want to have meals with people. Just, I think a lot of things hopefully are going to be put into perspective for people. I'm just really curious, you know, uh, to see if, um, you know, just like how families even kind of maybe are, will end up eating together again. Not that, you know, I know there's obviously, that changed over the years. Even when we were younger, you just see, you know, kids and activities between sports and stuff like that. And just like, you know, the easiness of fast food. So I'm just curious if people will actually, you know, like what will stay and what will change from people's routines from the, this world event. Yeah. I mean, we've become such a social people. That's a good thing. You know, uh, it, it's just <laughs> to just change everyone's life like this. I, I feel bad. Obviously, feel bad for everyone hurt and 
sick and affected and working hard and all that jazz, but just, I wonder what it's going to even be like in two weeks, just being in quarantine, you know, just not, like you said, traveling or going out there and you and I are both lucky enough to have the opportunity to travel. And like you said, it really puts things in perspective and it really makes you appreciate that. Definitely. I mean, just from, um, obviously my, my love of new Orleans and I, and I, and I follow so many, uh, individuals and restaurants on social media and just seeing that city. I mean, that is a tourist city, you know, that's just constant. I mean, it's gotta be odd, obviously to walk through New York as well. I haven't been in the city since it's all, uh, began, but, um, yeah, just seeing how many people and just all the musicians down there, and they're, but they're coming online and they're at least—I mean, maybe they're not making money, but they're using social media uh, to give free performances. I know there's obviously like John Legend did it too, but these are you know these are the musicians that don't have <laughs> millions of dollars to you know in their bank account that they don't have to worry. But um, it was—I did see someone post recently. It's like, wow, it's nice to see people using social media to like truly socialize again that's kind of <laughs> that's <interesting>. true that's <laughs> true maybe it's uh, keeping us from like a lord of the flies situation exactly um i was trying to think i was i was uh saying to uh danielle i was i i said like oh maybe i'm like can we have like if it's a nice day like i've got the backyard can we have people over and it's a potluck but you only eat what you brought and we can sit six feet away like (laughs) can we do this somehow is this your you know like is that irresponsible like you know if it continues we had a couple of nice days in a row and i I mean i you know i went out for a walk i went to liberty state park and we were walking side by side but i think people were being responsible it's just uh definitely it's going to be interesting even once they're well, like, yeah that's going to end that's going to end soon um places people are restricting that that's probably one of the biggest issues now the too many people in parks and yeah that well, won't that I won't mean, exist tomorrow i mean that won't exist next week i can guarantee it yeah i mean when you're passing by and you're seeing people playing like sports you know playing like you know basketball or something like that that shouldn't be happening but i mean yeah i guess i mean whatever i guess, whatever ends this Sooner than later. Um, well, I think that's enough of the kind of uh, sad stuff, right? <laughs> I think we, the, you know, it's interesting. I, I almost, I mean, I love the movie that we'll be discussing. I know you do too. It's a big one, um, no pun intended. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, when, when when I watched it, I'm like, it's not a, it's not a sad movie. It's not. I mean, it's not a depressing movie. I'm like, oh, maybe. Maybe like Ratatouille would have been better during these times, but uh, but no, I am excited to talk this movie. It is recognized as one of the best when it comes to movies, films about food. So we're gonna talk Big Night. I almost said The Big Night, but it's just Big yeah. Night. I'm always tempted to say The Big Night, and it's not unrelated to what you were saying. Uh, this is a restaurant who somewhat just opened, um, and it doesn't really have. The word of mouth or foot traffic yet, not because of coronavirus or anything like that, just because, well, for reasons we'll probably discuss. Yes. Um, so Big Night came out in 1996. It's directed by like a co-direction, but then also I want to, I'm curious, I'm going to see if you know anything about this. It says on IMDb, 
directed by Campbell Scott and Stanley Tucci, and this is written by Stanley Tucci and Joseph uh, Tropiano. But then I read in IMDb trivia that it was co-directed and co-written by Stanley Tucci's sister. And I and I couldn't find anything else on that, but that was like a trivia thing in IMDb. Huh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that. I know she's um, credited in here. So, Actually, yeah, you know what would have been a good thing? If I paid attention to the credits at the end of the film. No, it didn't say her actually, name. It said that director's okay. name that, that you said. Uh, yeah, who is the... Um, he is the Cadillac salesman. Oh, okay. If you want to put a face to the name, that is. And uh, Stanley yeah. Tucci's uh, sister is in the movie as well. It said singer. I don't remember when there was a singer, but there's a singer in the. Um, uh, what is his name? I wrote it down. Pas- Pascal's restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So okay, so that's that's good to know. That's so I don't know where that IMDb trivia came from, but obviously the uh, it, you have to go by the credits at the end of the movie. And yeah, okay, I mean I would have seen her her name next to the uh, you know direction and written by if that was obviously part of the credits because supposedly um, uh, Stanley Tucci really wanted to help co-write this because he wanted a decent sized part for himself. So can't blame him on that. Yeah, this is 96, you know, he's not really a name at this point. Yeah, and there's a lot of, I mean, with Stanley Tucci, there's, you own his cookbooks, right? Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, when I first moved out, I bought his two cookbooks and they really helped me along and it kind of inspired me to, you know, want to see this film because it's one of these cookbooks where, and if you don't have it, I, I definitely suggest buying it, both of them. It's one of these cookbooks where it tells like a little bit of a story before it and in it a lot, he mentions Tony Shalhoub being like his best friend and things they would cook together and recipes for that. Oh, that's and nice. in the cookbook, there's a recipe for the frittata from the scene I'm sure we'll talk about later. But he, he describes that and describes having to make that on camera. And, you know, it's, it's an awesome book. So this is a guy who, Kyle, if I could say like a list of foodie actors... He's on the top of the list. He, like he loves his wine. He loves his food. He he just he's got a lot of like celebrity friends that it seems like he invites over for meals. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, he he is truly. I um. I it's not this exact same question. Actually, I, I know this is a question that existed on uh, at one point when using, uh, whatever I forget what online dating. Uh, app I was using at the time or whatever, <laughs> but I think one of it was like dream dinner guests. Like he's definitely, and I know that's a question I asked if you if you, when you were on the, you know the second time for uh, my my dinner uh, with uh, Hervé, um, and I know my, my, I've asked Michael Manzi that any any person that's been on for a second like you know solo episode, but like dream dinner uh it wasn't just guests but it was like multiple multiple people like a dream dinner party and so as far as celebrity goes yeah he would be i would i would love to have him that would be oh yeah just uh, the conversation just (laughs) he's just amazing i'm a big stanley tucci guy as you know so it's just you know this movie was a pleasure yeah and i and i wrote down so uh oliver platt was actually a producer 
on this film and i just i also i think of him i mean we uh, the the to me the end all be all like food film chef he is in that uh i know oliver platt drew inspiration from that because of that character his brother is a is a food critic and i know that he and stanley tucci are friends and there's even going to be another kind of for the food scene we're going to discuss the separate food scene uh, from a non-foodie movie that there's a connection there too, but just like that, I just imagine like hanging out with Stanley Tucci and Oliver Platt. Like that's a great combo. Like I want to go on a road trip with them, like a food, you know, based road trip. Yeah. I mean, it's such a cool set, right? Like, I don't know <laughs> the, the, the people that they hang out with, like Hank Azaria too, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God. It's just a great, yeah. That's just a great crowd of people. But, um, yeah, so I mean, when did you first when did you first see this movie? When did I first see this movie? Honestly, I'm not even sure. Probably when I got the cookbooks. Okay. But I I wasn't paying attention to it the way I was paying attention to it this time. It was more like enjoying it and on in the background. Uh I kind of waited until uh, you covered it and I was very happy when you asked me to be on. So, it's been a while. Yeah, this was a movie, you know, when I when I, I said, I'm going to do a podcast called Foodie Films. You were like, I kind of, you were like, I really want to be on that episode. Like, you gave me certain movies, and uh, then th- this is one of them. So I'm happy that we were, we're finally getting to it. And like I said, it's a it's a big one in the food film community. So really excited to talk about it. Uh, I, I first saw this probably, I feel like this is one of those movies that was on, like, basic cable a lot. So I probably saw maybe like I can't imagine how much would have been edited out of this. This is to me this is like a perfect length movie. It's like a hundred and fifty minutes or so, and it's got a really good pace to it. Um, and yeah, it's just a movie that I remember seeing also the cover for it a lot in like a block in Blockbuster or any like video rental stores, and I know it had the. Oh, the uh, timpano, is that how you pronounce it, right? The the di- mm. the big dish that they're cooking. And I always thought as a kid, it just, I think because I knew of, like, Stanley Tucci is more of a comedic, like, slapstick kind of actor, I guess just from, like, r- random kids' movies. I saw him in, like, Beethoven or something. Oh. <laughs> I was uh, going to say, is he? <laughs> yeah. But, uh... But I just even thought, like, I thought that that dish was, like, comically, like, the the perspective that they have it, because it's that upward angle, it looks, like, comically large. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was, like, a slapsticky kind of movie, and I remember then catching it, like, I didn't rent it, but, like, watching it on TV and being like, oh, and kind of being bored when I was a kid. But then definitely revisiting it, I think then, like, you know, one time when it was probably on I think before Netflix days, probably on like HBO or something like that, watching it. And yeah, I don't recall this ever being on like basic cable, but I'm pretty sure it was on like a Showtime or something, you know, a lot. Okay. Yeah, I thought for some reason it was. I mean, like, it could have been a Saturday afternoon movie on like. <laughs> I'm not dismissing years. it, but this feels so much up the alley of like not the first HBO, but like HBO three. I know it's not called that, but you know what I mean, like yeah, like those... HBO Zone. Yeah, whatever those whatever things those are. Like, yeah. HBO Latino. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark Anthony's in this, but Mark Anthony that. is in this. And can I ask you? I forgive me if I if I if I don't know. Has your cousin Pumpkin been on a high school slumber party? 
No, he has not. Okay, but um, but he he I, I never he kind of looks like Mark Anthony. We used to say that when my cousin Michael Conrad, who you also met when he was skinnier, he looked like him. So I could see that. Oh yeah, okay, I could see that too. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the one thing I took. A, well, not the one thing. One of the things I took away is just like in the few shots of just people standing next to one another. Mark Anthony looks pretty tiny. He is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna talk Mark Anthony now, let, let's do it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's why not? really funny because he doesn't act it in a lot of things, right? No. But he no. has this three-year uh, or three-film stretch that now I believe. If you know all the commitments are in line, I'll cover all three of the films that he was oh, in wow. in this period. So he was in Hackers. He plays like a um, like an FBI agent, like not like a main one or anything. He's in this movie, and then he's also in a film that you just loosely committed to for my podcast, The Substitute, as apparently the main antagonist i haven't seen it oh, yet oh wow we'll see. <laughs> how so is like, how is he in hackers he, again he, he has just like a couple lines he seems to be like okay. the one who the one who gets the kids a little bit more you know like the boss is mm-hmm. the, the boss fbi agents like let's get him and you know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he he has such a unique look that i know why he was getting cast at this point i'm not saying he's not talented but he, obviously we certainly know him as a singer and i would even think he had broken through in, like, Latin music at this time, but I don't think he was really popular in, like, American mainstream music at this time. Like, no, I think that's more around, like, 99, 2000, right? Yeah, like, right? So I was surprised to see him in all these films around, like, you know, 94, 95, 96. But again, I just think he was going out for these roles, and he has such a unique look that he does add to the composition of a film, if that makes sense. Was he with Jennifer Lopez at the time? No, no, no. That's that's pre yeah okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like because like, like her film like, career was kind of beginning around then too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I was like curious if it was some kind of like competitive like or like not, <laughs> lack there a better word just like oh you're doing that maybe I should go that route as well. Like no, I mean I wouldn't be surprised if they knew each other. But again, remember she dated Ben Affleck, she dated Puff Daddy, like she was with a lot of people. Oh yeah, that's true. Jenny from Jenny from the Block. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so just, I guess, a basic premise uh, of this film. So it's two brothers, Italian immigrants. It is a period piece. It takes place during the 50s in New Jersey, although they never say New Jersey in the movie. They never say um, New Jersey, but like it's written everywhere, and it's supposed to be like a shore town. Obviously, they're at the beach at one point. Yes, actually, a cool thing about that. I, all of a sudden, I realized, like, I'm, I'm watching it, and those very, the wide shots, especially, particularly... It, like, it happened earlier, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to rewind it. I'll, like, wait and look up later. Um, but then the shot happens again. It's right before the big night begins, and Mark Anthony steps outside. Uh, or should I say, uh, what's it, Cristiano, right? Um, yeah. And it's a wide shot of the street that their restaurant is on. And I was like, that looks really familiar. And that is in Keyport, New Jersey. And so that's just a cool little And where town. is Keyport? You've been there, I'm assuming? Yeah, Keyport is like exit i mean it's all you know it's off the parkway and it's like exit 115 ish 116 um so it's like a little south of sandy hook 
it's just a nice little town and they actually have it's called the keyport fishery it's just you go in there and it's to go there's no tables inside and they just it's a really good kind of like fish shop that you can buy fish to cook yourself or they'll make you know uh like fried fish sandwiches really cool mm. place so I'm just curious if any of those guys. I don't know how many of them were actually in Keyport. If that's just the exterior shots and where like the, you know, the kitchen was and everything like that. But um, yeah, just kind of cool that they actually shot in New Jersey. Yeah. But yeah, so two brothers, uh, Italian immigrants. They come over here. I think they've been here for two two years. It sounds like. Because yeah, not the long. End, they still have their yeah. accents. They're still very much Italian. You know. Yes, and so. It sounds like Stanley Tucci's character, Secondo, right? So it's yeah. Primo Se- and Secondo. Yeah, Segundo, Secondo. Segundo, sorry, yeah. Uh, uh, first and second. <laughs> first and second, because uh, Tony Chalub was born first, so he's Primo. So when, uh, yeah, when Stanley Tucci is talking about Italy, it seems like he really wanted to get out of there. Like, he was all about this this new world uh, and coming here and st- starting a restaurant with his brother. And so Tony Shalou Primo, he is the cook and Stanley Tucci is the manager, Mater D kind of like the host, right? That's for this restaurant. So I, feel like I mean, yeah, he, I think they both own it, but he runs it, you know? Yeah. He's like the face of the restaurant. Primo definitely focuses on the cooking. It's his art. Yeah, is his just it is his everything, you know. It's his life. Yeah, it's more than it it's more than about clearly making money for him even though they need it. It's about the food, it's about the art of the food. This is a, you know, he almost predates the like foodie movement we're in today, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, just the oh man, um just the way this movie begins and their first customers was giving me so much anxiety watching it and just the the, the woman and not understanding the risotto and just like <laughs> saying to her husband i forget what he ordered he definitely had some like i don't know if it was chicken parm it was something more quote-unquote like traditional american italian like she clearly yeah. took a chance on this risotto but how he keeps asking for the cheese, like more yeah, the cheese. cheese and, he just, and then just Oof. even she comments when it's put down, she's like, oh, you've got leaves on yours. Or like, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the basil. It's just like, and they just, the way she takes it off, I'm like, oh my God. This reminded just, me of a callback to your episode you had with Robbie Feliz when he was saying, uh, when he opened the place in Wayne, and the name's escaping me now of the place. Viaggio. Viaggio, yes. And how he was saying that people were coming in expecting chicken parm and expecting the traditional things. And it took him a little bit of of a while to build a reputation with the more authentic Italian food. So I'm like, wow, this movie is like that. Yeah, it's for it's you wouldn't. I mean, you know, I guess it makes sense if you you start like thinking about it. But for for me, for you, I know we're a bit more adventurous and we're just always looking for, you know, there's certain, like when I go out to eat, I'm going to try to have dishes that I, like, I'm not going to cook for myself at home. And so when it comes to kind of those more standard Italian, Italian, American specifically dishes, like, yeah, I'm not necessarily going to go out and get those at a restaurant. And, but, so you know, some people just going out to a restaurant means they don't have to cook. It's not as being as like, like I'm doing air quotes adventurous. 
Yeah, of course. A lot of people don't want adventure in their food. They're not going out for adventure in their food. They're going out to eat a good meal. And there is an art to cooking these quote-unquote traditional things well. You know, not just like anyone cooking them. or Yeah, and not like you're just like then like as if Robbie or anyone or any, I guess, cook uh, or chef, you know, making an Italian-American dish, then they're not like, we'll just go to the Olive Garden then or something. (laughs) They're just saying you're not going to find that here, though. I'm doing something a little different. So, you know, I guess maybe maybe just uh, some people, maybe some consumers should then just look at menus beforehand, you know. (laughs) I don't know. That's Italian, you know. Like, that's what they think when they come in. Like, it's Italian. (laughs) Yeah. This is what it should be. Oh, man. No, but you, you should look at menus beforehand, or you should take chances. I don't know. And we have to remember, too, it's 1950. So we're. Yes. I, I mean, I assume most people know risotto now. I don't even think 20 years ago most people knew risotto. So you can only imagine 1950. Exactly. And just the fact, like, like a seafood risotto isn't going to have huge pieces of, you know, seafood in it. It's more about like <laughs> the broth and the flavoring that comes from that, you know, like but uh, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned something too about like anxiety. I wrote that down on my notes. Like this movie gave me so much anxiety, but in a positive way if that makes sense. Like it, I wasn't like, "Oh my god, I have to shut this off." Like a like meet the parents or something. It wasn't like that, but I, it really put me in the shoes of these guys, and, and oh, I loved it. Yeah, there's definitely like it's it's a great movie because it just really it puts you in their shoes, and you really familiarize like with their just their relationship and uh, like in general and their working relationship and who, who's doing what and just their their romantic lives and just seeing how, how different these guys are and how more at first it seems like, uh, you know, Stanley Tucci, just even as the younger brother is kind of guiding, you know, his his brother Primo along because he even accuses him at one point and says like, you have your head in the pot. Like, you know, like you're just so focused. You have no idea on what else is going on just in their work realm and how little like money they have left. And then obviously with, uh, and with Alice and Janney's character, the florist. And so it's just, they, they just, they have a really great on camera, um, you know their their chemistry and their just their relationship is really good. And so I'm curious if they were good friends beforehand. I oh. know you said in the cookbook it mentioned, but yeah, no, they're they're best friends. Stanley Tucci made this movie like again. I'm not claiming we're as talented or connected as Stanley Tucci, but as if you and I wanted to do a project for each other, and it's like let's cast my talented friends um, who, who get my vision. Again, I don't want to make it seem like these people like just got the parts because, they, like you said. This is the, the the actors you're naming are amazing actors. Yeah. Um, you know, Minnie Driver, Ian Holm, Isabella Rossellini, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like so I'm not saying he was friends with Isabella Rossellini, but I, I know he certainly had a good relationship with Tony Shalhoub, or at least that's what I remember from the cookbook. Yeah, and so they just they came together and they and they made this I mean it's you know, this this great film. Um let's see, as far as 
what did you have any favorite moments from the movie uh like you know i mean like i i just it starts off just so strong with that with that scene and you just it's just a great movie in the sense of i i really think after like each experience you just learn something more about them you know yeah um it's tough to say like just my memory of this movie was not of anything before the quote unquote big night I had kind of thought that this film was a like a bottle uh, episode, not a bottle episode, but you know what I mean, like that it was just the night, like it started with, with that night and it ended with that night, and we all were like kind of like a death at a funeral kind of thing. Sure, yeah, maybe not the night, but like just gearing up for it and such. But we do actually get like a decent size like exposition to like set things up, and I'm not complaining about it either. Uh, it, it was just, yeah, I mean, favorite scenes though. It's hard to like separate this into scenes, right? It, it's more just, especially once it gets to the big night. Yeah, right? yeah. The prep, you know, the the prep was beautiful to me. Just explaining things like there's even you know I wasn't even remembering this, but like uh, cutting the eggplant where he gets angry at Minnie Driver because she she cut it too thick. Um, just <laughs> the little disagreements they have on like food theory. Um, I forgot who, but one of them tells him, oh, don't chop the garlic too fine. It tastes too garlicky that way. Like, yeah, these that's are just right. The in moments. the beginning, yeah, yeah with, with between the brothers and Tony Shalhoub saying to Stanley Tucci, you know, or I should say Primo saying to Segundo, like, you know, that, uh, yeah, just like, too fine, too fine. And, yeah, there's just, I, I mean, the way that this movie plays out, I think it starts kind of like two weeks before the uh, the big night. And so the way that we just like see these brothers cooking together and then having, you know, they have this one regular that doesn't have money for food. And I think all <laughs> of their artwork in this place is probably because of him and this, and this guy that doesn't have money for food. And he'll, so he'll, you know, paint on a canvas and just even give them the canvas, not even in a frame. Um, and that's just and that's just the warmth that Primo has. He's not he he isn't worried about that. He's just like, oh, you're enjoying my meal, and look, I get this beautiful painting out of it. Um, but that we just see those two customers in the beginning, and just they're kind of, uh, you know, they're they're not necessarily wrong, but just I mean, <laughs> I love I love how uh, Segundo says to Primo, like. Do you want to go talk to him? And just kicks open the kitchen door. He's like, you go talk to him. And I I, I forget what he calls them. Uh, I don't think... I usually use the word heathen when I get mad. But it's just <laughs> something. And he just get. It's just like... I don't, they're just two, you know... Oh, uh, Philistines. I think yeah, Philistines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so... You just get that, you know, understanding from the right away. And then we meet... Pretty much, we meet all of our characters relatively early in the movie. And so you get to meet uh, Phyllis, who's played by Minnie Driver, and um, uh, Pascal, and Gabriella. And that's the whole... Right on the corner across the street is, is Pascal's. And this is according to primo just like oh he there's like no passion it's just totally like they've sold out and they're just you know making slop for people but but as made a point by uh segundo that 
you know that he's uh, that they're doing well. That they're just uh, the well. I think even the the door. I I don't know if you noticed, but Lee Schreiber is the doorman. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> no lines really. He just we see him like saying hello to people and kissing. What them a on career! The cheek. He's like popped up in so many things. Yeah, definitely. He'd be he'd be fun to like just for the the diversity of movies that you talk about. He'd be a fun person. Like yeah, but you'd have things like this where we dealt with with Hoffman, where you're like, good movie. <laughs> But we can't really talk about him. <laughs> yeah, actually, right after I watched uh, Big Night, I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the one from 1990, and Sam Rockwell was in that. And that was oh, another, really? Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, the teenage gang leader. Oh and, wow! Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, he would be a fun person. But then, yeah, like, there's just like a scene from that that you would cover. But just, uh, yeah. If, other, if other I ever actors. do an actor again, <laughs> and they don't have like a portfolio. Um, where it's like a Tom Cruise or a Tom Hanks, I, I might just do like their greatest hits or something, you know? Yeah, that would be, that'd be cool. Like, or you could even do what we're doing on our other show. Uh, P.S. I still love Hoffman. Like put a poll out there. Like what, uh, Lee, you know, what, uh, who'd you just mention? Um, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam like Rock- what Sam Rockwell movie do you want us to do next? You know, and, and do it that way rather than just chronologically because for some of these actors they had to pay their dues for lack of a better you know expression of it yeah they might not want us talking about those movies <laughs> <laughs> and even though you know great movie the acting's great uh big night is definitely one of these things where you really gain such an appreciation for making something yourself and making it your own and and just getting it done and this is Ironically, uh, Stanley Tucci plays Segundo, but this movie is such a uh, primo movie, you know? It, it, it's it's an art piece. It's not like art, surrealist art, but you know what I mean? This is not a mainstream blockbuster film right here. This is something... No, it's, it's a labor yeah. of love. It's a labor of love. That's what I'm looking for. Exactly, yeah. And it, it played at all the festivals. It was it was well-received, like, you know, cr- critically. I think it was up for the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance and... It won a few awards, but um, yeah, it is. It's a, it is a labor of love, and it's it is a labor of love, and it's about a labor of love. <laughs> and you see that so much, like grandmas teaching people, right, like to cook, like if, the if you nonas. don't, yes, the nonas. If you don't put love into something, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to taste good. And you laugh, but it's definitely true with like a film, right? Like you could. You could feel the love in this film. You could feel the passion of the project. And, you know, that's what makes it so awesome. Yeah. And just, I mean, the passion of the characters is just, (laughs) I had to, I was laughing a lot in the um, introduction scene with Minnie Driver and just, you know, like, I mean, by all means, Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci are doing a good job with their accents, but it, you know, it can be like comical, just the cadence and everything like that. And when he's explained to Minnie Driver that um, he's he's sad, <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's just like, but we. And at that point, we're just like, oh, okay, like we're we have an idea, and we're or we're getting an idea what kind of person he is. But then it kind of takes a little bit of a left turn later in the movie. Um, but we just we you know we uh, we're seeing their relationship and just like he's not necessarily ready and you know for a uh, serious commitment but at the same time he does at least they're making at the time that he does want to be with her and he's just, but he's also he's sad because 
I guess she doesn't want to go uh, all the way, perhaps, and maybe she's saving herself for marriage. I'm not exactly I, I sure. I think it was the opposite, no? That he was saving himself, right? Wasn't it like, or he was saying that. I think he was, I, I feel well, like she he said, didn't want... we do other things. Oh, so... I see, I see. I was, yeah, I was, so. I was kind of confused, but it didn't matter. You know, obviously he's confused as well. He's having an affair with um, Isabella Rossellini's character. Yes. Gabriella. <laughs> yeah. Gab- so, Gabriella. Yeah. Who is Pascal's wife? Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, definitely, like, wife. Like, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, just like that was something, you know, like you said, like a lot of my memory was from the big night portion. And so everything that was happening before, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, but I, you know, wasn't sure if it was girlfriend or, you know, or wife or even maybe he was, she's his mistress in some kind of way. Um, But it is interesting that the backdrop is just like this little town and just these two different Italian restaurants on the, you know, the same block. Yeah. And how they're, like, friendly with each other, but not. There is a rivalry. We learn later in the film, through the actions of, like, uh, Pascal, that he, he isn't as, like, sincere and trying to help him out as as we all think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It was so, like... It, I mean, we say this a lot about good movies, you and I, when we do podcasts together, but it reminded me of a play, you know? Yes, this would actually be adapted pretty well into a play. I think it would be, you know, there's, you just, you know, I, th- I think that for certain movies, then you're like, oh, wait, but how would they do that scene? Like, this would play out pretty, pretty well. Yeah, you could easily, like, take some scenes, like the scene on the beach, you could just put that in another room or something if it was going to, you know, ruin the set design or something. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, just the interaction with the characters, the fact that, again, they wanted to be there. I think you're right. Sometimes the accents were a little comical. I'm not sure how I feel about Ian Holmes' like Italian accent, but it was still enjoyable, you know? Yeah, exactly. When he's doing that whole, uh, and who is that? Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Prima. Like, oh, Louis Prima. I know Louis Prima. And just like when he's just like, I love secrets. Like <laughs> it is, it, it's, it is. I mean, it's a a realistic comical movie. So Amazon, like, um, you know, they put. By the way, it's free on Prime if you have Prime. Yes, that's how I watched it as well. Um, it it describes it as comedy, drama, special interest. <laughs> okay, thank you. And that, but it makes sense in a sense. Like it's weird, but it's like it's funny. But it's also very dramatic and very anxiety, you know, uh, like, I don't know, a lot of angst in this film as well. But the special the special interest is obviously food. And oh, my yes. God, seeing these dishes, I was getting so hungry. Yeah, I did write down, like, in just, like, when scenes, I was like, finally, like, food shots, like, when they started making the timpano. And I, I've never, I've, have you ever had that dish before? No, I was going to ask if you have. I, I got a track it down now seems very yeah i gotta find like school traditional italian right i know i feel like that must i mean just being in obviously in in new york uh you know in in the city where you live but just like in jersey city like there's a couple of old school spots and like i can't imagine it being something that's offered every night Um, yeah that's what i was gonna say it's definitely like a special and like if you know about it and you see it on the special menu oh they made one tonight you know yeah so and it's it's very it's very interesting to me. I, I would love to watch this with 
like a chef as well and just hear about like that whole just if they've cooked it or what they imagine the process is because they cook two and they're like oh we're gonna save one for louis prima and but just seeing like them keeping in the oven they're worried about being dried out and just like how much is in it like as far as like serving that dish and if you're going to be serving it all night at the restaurant like what the process goes into that making sure it's you know the same quality for every yeah. customer I oh guess, my is, god would be my, that's just um, that's a very, it looks like a nerve wracking dish <laughs> <laughs> looked good though quick google search uh, it seems like you're right a lot of people like in Yelp reviews that said, oh, and they, they cook this on Sundays and it's great um, at a handful of restaurants that looks like, you know, downtown on the West Village and Little Italy. And I definitely have to try one in real life because, oh, my God, it looked great. But everything looked great at this table, right? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier the, um, the oh, why am I blanking right now? That was in his cookbook. The Well, he, I know he says Crostini at one point. But, yeah, um, there's a soup. There's a soup. Yeah, it begins yeah with the soup, and then there's a, well, there's a bunch of finger foods and stuff like that just out, and then people, and they're all worried because people are getting drunk, and Louis Prima isn't here yet, and then I just love the moment that um, Stanley Tucci goes in, and he's just like, let's eat. and just declares it and then everyone's it's a great film for you know it takes a while to show the food but once they start showing it and just from the cooking to the serving to the eating to the like reactions of these people they just did such a good job expressing just the level of joy that this food brings and i and i oh oh do i love the way um uh Tony Shalhoub, how Primo says to Anne, just like, to eat good food is to be close to God. Yeah, oh, that part's great. Yeah. They're... So you and I have, when we do movies, I mean, I always do movies, but you, you do them sometimes, but we have a similar thing that happens, right? Like, I talk high school movies, and there are high school movies about, like, kids in high school, and there are movies that just happen to take place in and around a high school, you know? I'll do both. But... On your side of the spectrum, you know those movies that even I've been on that, like, yeah, they're food movies and they have a lot of food, but this is truly a foodie film. You know, restaurant, cooking, eating. Like, this is, if you had to say percentage of a film devoted to food and cooking and all that, this has to be up there probably in the top ten of most of anything you're going to cover. Definitely, and I think that's also... I mean, why it's well received in the food community and people will always cite it, you know, as such, because, you know, like the amount of food that ends up being in it and just that the intimacy of the story and again, the labor, love, the passion, the creativity, just like I think probably I, I have to imagine a lot of chefs feel like Primo, you know, that he's just. I mean, he, I think he says something along, um, you know, like at the end of the movie, like if you want me to sacrifice my work, it dies. It's better for me to die. Like, he's just, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, very, very passionate. And some mm-hmm. might say like too, like too over the top, but that's just how, um, that's how he feels. And that's how much he loves 
what he does and and he and he knows that he's he's good and so does i mean just the, the interaction between uh segundo and uh, pascal at the end and he's like you'll never get my brother so i mean that's that's what ends up happening is that i mean this big night is planned it's gonna be this big party it's not they're not even asking for you know they're not charging anybody it's not like uh you know like just uh opening party of any kind uh but they're just having this big party and louis prima and his band are supposed to come because they're friends with pascal and then there's going to be you know an article written up there's a photographer a journalist there he's taking pictures and what ends up happening is that pascal just lied and gabriella makes that uh, you know tells uh primo that and that whole move is because pascal wants particularly primo and he'll take you know stanley tucci along as well but he yeah and i love early in the movie he's like teasing more that he wants segundo you know he doesn't care so much about primo you know like let him let him do his thing but actually it turns out to be the other way around yeah yeah but i mean they end up making just like we were saying this this feast for these people family style too family family style as well which is fantastic uh, not great for the current climate, but fantastic. No, no. One day um, we'll be able to do that again. Yes. <laughs> and Well, that actually, that's actually something I didn't even think about. I mean, just there's so many ramifications that all come from what we're experiencing right now, but just even how people have to change their business model, you know, perhaps, you know, with just having... Yeah, certain, maybe. You know, specific, as specific as certain restaurants and how you, you know, how people eat. Um but anyway, uh, just even Gabriella saying to Prima at the end, like, thank you so much for what quite possibly will be, like, the best meal I'll ever have. Even oh, though yeah. you know, her husband destroyed his restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just even Segundo saying to Pascal, like, was this over? And he's like, no, this wasn't over. Like, and just like, who are you? I'm a businessman. Like, who are you? Oh, my God. I wrote down that line, that that. I'm a businessman. I'm anything I need to be at any time. Yeah. Oh, there's so many real moments in this movie that, again, I think really hit home with a lot of people, and that's why this movie is just so well-received. Yeah, and I want to touch on something you said, too. I don't think it's just chefs that relate to uh, Primo. I think it's any, like, artist, really. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think that's what makes the movie so good. Like, I, I don't know, I was thinking of you, like, when you were... Not to peel the curtain back so much, but when you were in reality TV, um, you know, I'm sure you were having a decent time, but maybe you didn't relate to it as much as some other things that you would like to do. Yeah, just like seeing, I mean, you know, like whatever, how you see the sausages made, but just, I mean, when it comes to entertainment industry as well, which is definitely always something I'm bouncing back and forth, I'm like, do I keep going do i you know do i try for certain things or do i just enjoy movies you know films for like what they are once they're totally done you know because there's just so much with that like catering to people's egos and i I just don't personally do well with that so (laughs) like you know that one of my one of my least favorite things is like when i'm like sober hanging out with people that are having a good time (laughs) and just like seeing when people are just like you know they're having a good time they're not being like they're mean or like even not like even like you know when 
emotions start really coming out via uh, libations, but <laughs> just, you know, like the moments of like having to tolerate <laughs> people when they're uh, under the influence. I'm just like, I, I don't do well with that. So if you're doing that when you're stone cold sober and like, you know, being needy and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's just not my, uh, not my forte. I'm not meant for that. You wouldn't have put up with, uh, someone not, you know, understanding your risotto. No, but I, th- I'm a bit more, and that's maybe, while well, maybe I'll never be a creative great is because I would understand, like, I mean, uh, who's he, he, is it again? I, definitely, I wrote it down. Does Pascal say to Segundo, like, yeah, he says, give the people what they want, then give what you want. And that's lessons that people say all the time in all fields, right? Like, play the game. Once you've played it well, yeah. you can play your own game. In, you know, I don't think yeah. it's bad advice. It just, or, or just, again, in the- in the film industry, there's plenty of people that, you know, it's like you do one, then you get one, then you do one that you like, that's just like the way, you know, studios will work mm-hmm, too. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like an understood thing. So yeah, there's just a lot of great moments. Like <laughs> just, uh, what is, what does he say? Bite your teeth into the ass of life. Like you know, a little <laughs> yeah, over the a top. Lot of, so, a lot of you know. butt biting in this. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, from him. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Maybe he bites just, a couple times. He's an ass man, I guess. Um, but yeah, when this when this meal is all said and done, and everyone's just kind of like sitting around, and they just look absolutely exhausted. It's like three three a.m. I the biggest laugh this this movie got from me was just the one kind of like ancillary table character. This one woman just saying, "My mother was such a terrible cook." Like, it's just that's so good and such a perfect line to again just they're very this this it's just an incredibly well-written script and it just perfectly explains to you like a lot of things in such you know via the dialogue just their their quick corrections that you also see, see one another making in the kitchen or you know whether it's the garlic or the eggplant or just you know like what have you with that that whole uh you know realm of the movie just really understand everything to a t and that and that line just my mother was such a terrible cook is so good <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah, I mean, all those other little characters are great too. And you know, they don't get too much of a moment to shine. But even like the um, the Cadillac salesman and his moments. <laughs> yeah, you just even they do such a good job of showing that kind of salesman, like drawing him into the Cadillac and just like, oh no no, let's go out and then handing him a cigarette and then just even later on with you know like then like taking Pascal out and him just like letting him just go as fast as he wants and everything like that. It's just, it does a really good, and just even, even the, re- the reporter saying like, I came here for a story of Lu- you know, about Louis Prima, but I do plan, this was, you know, the best meal I've ever had. I do plan on eventually, you know, trying to get this something written up and published about you guys. So, you know what? We actually haven't even played a clip yet. It's been a while since I've uh, been doing so many of those first cut episodes. It's been a while since it, talked a movie the last one was Casablanca so I'm excited let's play this the uh, timpano clip for you we talked about it a little bit but let's watch it and we'll talk about it some more
could sa save this one for Louis Prima. Okay, look at him. Catch a little Maybe two hours still. No, no, we have to serve now. I mean, okay, okay. No, wait. Cut the table. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I worry it's gonna be two hours going far. That's why I say it's two hours. No, no, no. We don't have time for two hours. Let's go. Come on, come on. Christian, open the door. So fucking good, I should kill you. <laughs> I love how, you know, just even earlier when he was explaining it to, I think, Mini Driver and saying uh, what Primo is saying to her, like, oh, why is it called that? And it's like, oh, it looks like a timpani. And just the bowl yeah. that it goes into. Oh, and my just, God the the little little like pot drum roll of them perfectly pulling it off and putting it onto the plate and just <laughs> just the anxiety even there because watching it you know this I mean this night means everything to them and they actually had more you know like a this is a rewatch for me, but I forgot even how much food they served after this dish. You know, yeah, right. This is like the main course, but no, then that's when they go into like the fish. There's even, is that, was, that, was that a suckling pig that I saw? It's like, possible. Uh, I mean, there was so much on there. <laughs> a true Italian feast. A true Italian feast. And, but I love just the little, like the anxiety that they, that they're having and just, you know, he's about to cut into it and he's like, wait, but is it still, is it still too hot? Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna save this one for Louis Prima and just like, no, 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 let's do it out there for them because it is just such a you know crazy dish. And then when they're rolling it or when they're carrying it out there, and the one person like heard like, yeah, I heard that this is like a secret. You know, like rarely anyone gets to have this. This is you know a secret uh, recipe. Yeah, from their like, hometown. From their hometown and uh, and just. <laughs> enjoying it so much and then pascal just being like i you know like i'm going to kill i'm gonna kill you oh my <laughs> god i was like what it's like <laughs> oh shit he's finally gonna like call out segundo for uh you know for hooking up with his uh you know with uh isabella rosalini gabriella and he's just like this was so good i want to kill you <laughs> I want to do that so bad. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that one in the chamber for when someone cooks, and just be like, 
you know, be, make a dramatic scene. Like I'm gonna yeah, kill he's, you. He's, yeah, just on the desk, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> on the on the on the table there. Uh, but it, yeah, he's just just uh, the over the top. I mean, that's also something. It's not. This isn't like uh, a, let's. I'll go to another movie we've covered. It's not the same as my big fat Greek wedding, where they're truly making you know making people knowledgeable. No, I don't even want to say knowledgeable, but just like recognizing the over the topness of Greeks in that movie. You know that that really. I mean, just the fact that you know my big fat Greek wedding, like they're just really doing that for this. But this, they're definitely commenting on just. I think at least the the extreme passion that of Italians, maybe. Absolutely. Much. Absolutely. Just the, look, you're part Italian. I'm not Italian, but you most grew up of, in North Jersey, yes. Brian, that makes you, you're part Italian. <laughs> most of my friends are a- Italian in some way, right. Or are with Italians. Um, I've been to the Olive Garden once. So I was family <laughs> at one point. <laughs> But the fight they have on the beach, the two brothers, is so Italian. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. Like, and it's not an insult. It's passion. Like you said, it's passion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, even in these the these dark times we're experiencing, you see those videos of you know people on their balconies and just playing music or talking to one another. It's just it's a it's a passionate land people come <laughs> from, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that I, I, I have to find that for sure. I have to find a restaurant, uh, you know, once this is all said and done and get some timpano because that looks great. There's, it's just a, even once I slice into it, there's an egg in it. There's, I, I'm like in so, favor of, of putting eggs in things. It's just, you know what? And it's something I've definitely talked recently on the podcast and just with, you know, people on the side. Like, I'm more and more, uh, like obviously it's all about in the end of the day it's it's the flavor and then you know and then there's presentation but just i'm enjoying more and more different textures and so adding an egg to something is for sure like a change up in when you're like going through that thing where you have the crust you know very mm. crusty crust and then you have cheese in there i think they were putting like some mozzarella in there and then there was so, I think sausage, and it's just a very, uh, very oh. crazy looking dish that I would love to try. Yeah, no, me too. I, I'm getting so hungry. So yeah, I, my mouth's I, watering. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled out the Stanley Tucci cookbook oh. while you were talking because, again, I was so just motivated. A <laughs> um, couple things in here, but I just wanted to first, because I know we're going to talk about the ending scene, but before that, I wanted to mention that one of his recipes in here, and I'm reading from his second book, The Tucci Table, Ooh, that he wrote with his... What was the first his, book called? The Tucci Cookbook. Okay. And his second book he wrote with his uh, wife, Felicity Blunt, who's Emily Blunt's sister, FYI. Um, so he oh, probably has them over too. Oh, that's a tie-in to the Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, so one of the recipes he has is called Tony Shalhoub's Stuffed Grape Leaves. So. Ooh. And it's just a quick passage I'll read quickly. I've been lucky enough to have worked with and been friends with the incredibly talented Tony Shalhoub for the past 25 years. Although we only pretended to be brothers in Big Night, I still pretend he is my brother in real life. I first had these stuffed grape leaves when I visited Tony and he was preparing for an extended family feast. I thought they were extraordinary then and still do now. 
Tony says, We always use fresh grape leaves when they are in season and available, but whether you're using fresh or jarred leaves, always remove the stems at the base of the leaf. I always prefer to use uh, just ground lamb, some perfect ground beef, and a, and a lot of people prefer a combination. So it's dealer's choice. I mean, I just love, like, A, that, but B, just, like, the relationship he's built and he's put into this cookbook. I'm not a salesman for this cookbook, but don't you love a story like that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. Like, I'm not always in favor of when you're just, like, reading uh, an article. Like, no, I hate when you app. look up a recipe and there's, like, this whole long thing. I'm like, just show me the recipe, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. But, like, when you're getting the, – uh, there's a fact that it's a cookbook, Um like that feels more appropriate in there. And it's just, yeah, some fun, like if you're buying a cookbook by Stanley Tucci, you're most likely also then into Stanley Tucci. So it's fun to hear him, uh, you know, reminisce about those experiences. And that's, I mean, he was in the, he was in the first movie that we covered for this podcast for Julie and Julia. He plays, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Meryl Streep. You know, reminded me by mentioning Devil Wears Prada because he has a relationship with Meryl Streep in that movie, but it's, um, but it's Julie and Julia where he plays Julia Child's husband and he's just, he's great in that. And so that, that must've been kind of fun getting back into like a food, uh, foodie movie. So, but this is, I mean, big night. That's, it's, it's still, it's just, it's definitely up there in probably like in the top five of the, of the food films. So, I'm glad we're finally talking about it. But like you said, we're going to talk that last scene. I mean, or before that last scene, let's just kind of cover where everyone's at. Like, it's it's pretty much, it's a sure thing that these guys are not going to be able to continue on, right? Like, I mean, even when he goes, when Suguno goes to the bank, there's like, I think, $67 left in the bank account <laughs> or something like that. Um, you know, he drives a crap car. We see only, you know, it's pretty minimal locations in this film we see their apartment in one shot and they're they share a room and they're each in you know a, a twin bed like in the same I mean, room i wouldn't say it's a sure thing um it seems like it yes but i like to take the more optimistic approach i like to think that they brought all these somewhat influential people on the town in there they love the food that maybe they're gonna go there instead of going to pascal's you know i uh, mean yeah that's a good that's a good point i guess the newspaper yeah, like, guy too. Like maybe he's gonna write a great review about it. So I'm I'm not as pessimistic as you. <laughs> I I just I mean from I I would hope that as well. I'm just saying I guess the film at that point was just kind of I don't know showing it that way. Especially just the fact I mean hey, hey so um he ends up cooking you know eggs for his brother and everything like that. But like you said that that fight that they're having on the beach and that Primo is saying to go back to Rome because his uncle has a job for him and he's like and and you too. But then you know but uh, Segunda wants to he's like you go I'm gonna stay here. Um, there's a couple of unsolved things I'm curious as to then what it you know because I really liked to seeing Primo once uh once Anne once Alice and Jenny shows up and just that passion like saying you know that like when eating that and being connected to God just like Primo opened up and he just seemed like even a better version of himself a more you know he says to Segundo just like this is fun it's a party go have fun <laughs> yeah like, he's he, like... be, he's taking the role of big brother you know <laughs> He was finally in his element because, you know, he was, I don't know, the food maybe, just 
the food and yeah, he just needed that little shove of, uh, I guess confidence or just, you know, he did, he just didn't know how to ask Anne to, uh, to join them at the party. But I really like the, seeing their relationship on camera. So I hope, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out for Segundo. I would assume for either woman. I don't know. I just don't imagine, you know, Gabrielle then like leaving Pascal or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to work out for Segundo. I think that's fair. But, uh, yeah, and I don't uh, know what you know where um, where Phyllis is going to end up if she's going to move out west and find a cowboy or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to work out romantically for Segundo. But yeah, no, I w- I would hope um, for Primo for Segundo for um, then even uh, was it Cri- Chris- Cristiano that the that the restaurant ends up working out. And like you said, I mean, it doesn't have to be crazy packed every night, but in the beginning that there's just that one couple and the one guy that pays with paintings, they definitely need more than that to continue on. Yes. (laughs) But I, I love just that last scene and how I forgot that that was the last scene. And I just wrote down, I love it's the legacy of this film. Like if you want to say like, what is this film going to be most remembered for? When you talk to people who know it, it's this scene. Yeah. Yeah, just the fact, I mean, it plays out in one shot. It's just uh, pretty much in the corner, maybe then it goes a little, then it kind of centers them towards the end. But just... Yeah, it's it's a frittata. You know, he's. it's just, we've all had these nights and we just kind of you're decompressing, you know, and it's a shame you can't play it, but it would be no point in playing it. There's no dialogue in the scene. (laughs) I mean, a little, you know, a little like whisper here or there. Um, and I don't know how, how long do you think it lasts? Three and a half, four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. Cristiano is passed out on the, like on the cutting board on the chop block. You read almost every review of this, every positive review at least. And they mention this scene. What a way to end a movie. Um, so in the cookbook, he actually talks about this cause he has a frittata recipe. Mm hmm. And I pulled open the page, so I'll just read it quickly. Sure. The movie Big Night ends with my character, Segundo, cooking a frittata. As it was always my intention to shoot that scene in a master shot with no coverage, in parentheses, in a single continuous shot, making it impossible to edit, end parentheses, it was crucial that I learned to make the frittata properly. Luckily for me, chef Gianna Scrappin, who I guess was a consultant on the film, mm was a great teacher. It is necessary that you have the right pan, by which I mean one that you feel comfortable with and with the best eggs you can lay your hands on. A great thing about the dish is that you can add whatever you'd like, sautéed potatoes, sautéed mushrooms, grilled scallions, leftover peas, etc. Just stir them into the egg mixture and you'll have a rich but simple meal. And it's just so perfect um, for just the ending of the film, right? Like you're seeing all this elaborate stuff. And I'm not saying it's super easy to make a frittata, especially in a well, single shot like that. What did he put into it, though? I thought he just like kind of put the eggs into the bowl. And oh no, he just made it really simple. Up. I don't think there was yeah. much in there. But and they I, had I think... the piece of bread. They pretty much put the like you know, it was like the bread mm-hmm. on the egg. But it's just such a juxtaposition to the art that they were making previously. Oh yes, yes. And it's it's just again like the word I think of when i see that film is just decompressing Mm, yeah no it's it's true and that's i mean and you hear from chefs you know i mean that's the morning after they're 
like late party and obviously so many emotions being thrown around, but um, just even, you know, chef's regular day, there's so little options if they're hungry when they get out of work and they're just having just simple food, whether it's a slice of pizza or fast food or just some Chinese takeout or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, this is just, I mean, like you said, just a, a great scene just as far as that juxtaposition to the all those uh, other like amazing dishes and just this simple frittata that he makes for himself for and just even the fact that Segundo like Cristiano is about to come he's like no 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 I'm gonna do it like yeah, it's just like it's, his, nice. it's his it's his thing at that moment this is his like his apology in some ways and they're just him taking you know because he isn't you know it's it is it's Primo's kitchen and Ooh. sure Segundo you know. Exactly. They're literally all breaking bread again, and they don't have to say anything, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and just to be clear, it also reminded me of, like, Chef, when, like, after one of the, not, sh- sorry, Chef, the John Favreau film, not just a chef, mm-hmm. uh, when, when he makes the grilled cheese for Scarlett Johansson, like, it's just grilled cheese, right? But Well, the grilled he, cheese is first on the pastas for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, the pastas for uh <laughs> the pasta's for Scarlett Johansson. For ScarJo, yeah. <laughs> Same principle, though. You know, like, even a chef who's making something simple, and I know, again, Segundo's not the chef, but he still loves food, that when you're going to make the simplest thing, you're still, you're not half-assing it, you know? And, and you watch Oh, yeah, he's, he's checking the flame in that. Like, he puts exactly. it on Exactly, checking the flame. And, he's yeah. looking at the pan so clearly. And it's so simple, but it's so beautiful. Like, that's a beautiful scene. Yeah, and I love there's just this, like, I'm sure anyone that, like, you know, works in the kitchen really, like, catches this, but just watching it for this purposes, uh, these purposes, I love that he is, you know, like you said, like, literally breaking bread, and then he, you know, hands it to Cristiano, and then, but when his brother comes into the kitchen, he takes the loaf and he puts it in a basket, it's just a little moment that I'm like, huh, like, I wonder what exactly, like, that is. It's like if that was just a bit more of, like, respect or just, like, I'm keeping the kitchen, like, a t- it's just a little moment that I'm curious about. But, um, you know, for, because the scene has such little dialogue, I think the only dialogue is when he says to Cristiano, like, no, 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 I got this. Yeah. And the dialogue really is just, like, these nuances of, like, what's going on and yeah, I mean, it, does it answer all our questions? No, and I love it because that's just like life, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it is, it is great, you know. So there, there are those unanswered questions of certain people's relationships, and you know, will the restaurant survive? Will one brother stay? One brother leave? Well, they're, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm definitely optimistic in their relationship. Like, it's not like they're clearly like you know they're already sitting next to one another and 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 sharing a meal, so it's not like they're not going to talk to one another again. Um, but it is, it is one of those endings, one of those great endings that just leaves, leaves it open, leaves it open for interpretation and allows us to have kind of these conversations about it. Yeah. Uh, what a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, and I was hungry right afterwards and I just made, I made a simple, uh, pasta dish. I just chopped up some, uh, bunch of peppers and onions and, um, and uh and garlic and then i just i put that in a pan and uh put some 
uh, what did I do? Some olive oil and balsamic vinegar, and then I just took that and spaghetti, and I just put that together, and it was really good. So, mm. Yeah, I need to get I need to get better with my plating of pasta. Though. I need one of those good uh, pasta forks that they that he uses in Chef. That's my. Uh, I have a gift card from Christmas to Sir La Table, so that maybe that'll be my my purchase. A gotcha. Pasta I mean, fork. that's a. That's a good purchase. It's, you know, like presentation is so weird. Plating is so weird. Not weird, but you almost like, at least for me, like when I cook something, it's just like, I want to eat it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I guess the ultimate, I mean, in a non restaurant sense, like when you're just home, I guess it's just like that next level of like, ooh, I've put so much thought into cooking this. Let me take a moment, and I agree because I'm gonna dig in right away. But let me just take that little extra step to make it look good on a plate too, in a total non, you know, uh, Instagramming way. Yeah, I was gonna say feed the phone. Feed the phone, exactly. (laughs) But but big night. I was so happy to revisit this and obviously talk about it with you. Um, I like you said, it's on Amazon Prime. So hey, guys, we have a lot of time on our hands these days. So check out. I mean. To be clear, to be clear, we have a lot of time on our hands, but the people out there are like working in the hospitals and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, no I'm, I'm not blaming you, but I keep hearing that around and I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> no, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of people putting in some long hours and obviously um, and taking, you know, work, working those jobs that are uh, for our for our benefit. So hopefully this will end sooner than later so we'll also then watch if you're not if you are home and you have the time watch this and then also uh make maybe if you if you know someone that has one of those jobs uh make make a meal for them you know absolutely absolutely that's a great idea show your appreciation for them well uh usually uh you know the next the next step is a uh a famous food scene and in the past I've, uh, you know, just had people randomly uh, pick it out of the hat, but I, there's just so many movies that we enjoy together that I said to you beforehand, Brian, like, let's, let's, what's, what's a movie that we love that has a great food scene that we can discuss? And, and you brought up, uh, and there is a bunch, but you brought up uh, The Birdcage. <laughs> and so from Big Night to The Birdcage, and kind of hinted at it earlier with the mention of uh, Hank Azaria. This is the scene because it's this is actually the it's a similar movie, right? It ends up it's all about this meal, right? It's all I wasn't thinking about that before, but it's kind of a similar plot in a way. Yeah, I would just in the, say, or in the course of you know. Yes, but it's more about the event rather than the food. So I wouldn't call it a food film. Um, no, it's not a food film, but no. it is a food. It, but just that the dinner is yeah. You know, structure wise, it is actually structure wise leading to that dinner and and some big night. That dinner is to lead to them to hopefully continuing the restaurant. This dinner is to get the families to get along and for a you know uh, a wedding to happen. So uh, well, with, without further ado, let's let's play this scene that has uh, some another um, pretty great actors, pretty great cast in this movie too. You idiot. I've been sitting out there right now looking at the bowls. What kind of moron sets the table without looking at the bowls? Oh, that's it. Oh, just stop ladling. Get the bowl back. Just do it. Why'd you get out of the way? out of that. And wait, wait, there's shrimp. See what these Greeks are doing. Ah, here we go. Some of Agador's superb soup. 
And we're in luck because he doesn't make this for everybody. This is his specialty, seafood chowder. Oh, isn't that an egg? What? An egg. Why, yes, it is. It is a huevo. <laughs> this is so Guatemala. They put hard-boiled eggs in everything down there because, you know, chicken is so important to them. It's their only real currency. A woman is said to be worth her weight in hens, and a man's wealth is measured by the size of his cock. Will you excuse me? What the hell are you serving us? Sweet and sour peasant soup? What'd you say is seafood chowder for? What the hell is sweet and sour peasant soup? I don't know. I made it up. I made it up. Oh, God. It's a nightmare. So we've got Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, Hank Azaria... Diane oh, Weist. Diane Weist. Oh, my God. Diane Weist. And then uh, Dan Futterman, oh, Clarissa wow. Flockhart. Hoffman connection. <laughs> yeah, Hoffman connection for you right there. Both, uh, I guess, Diane Weist and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Diane Weist uh, just recently Dan covered her in uh, Synecdoche, New York, and Dan Futterman back for <laughs> uh, the Capote, right? And I mean, look, uh, this movie probably doesn't. And age Nathan well. Lane, oh my god, yeah, Nathan Lane. Nathan how could we forget? Jesus yeah. boy, I was gonna say this movie probably doesn't age well. I still love it. Uh, I think it was when we had Wit on. P.S. I love Hoffman. He talked about loving this film and how uh, maybe it's not, you know, the most PC today, but it's still a very funny film. Um, yes. It makes fun of everyone. It doesn't like just poke fun at one subculture or another. Because well, I think it's progressive in some ways. and then I think also... it's very progressive. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, but, but still, just uh, the soup and <laughs> the fact that, you know, like that was the meal he prepared. This also has an egg in it, but it's not. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh, That's oh. what I was when, when bringing that up before about the timpano. I'm like, yeah, like, boy, both things are going to, we're talking about both. Have, like, uh, why, why do you say seafood chowder? Like, why you say, yeah, it's a, it's a sweet and sour peasant soup. Yeah. Why did you call it? I don't know. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, but just even beforehand, just like, wait, wait, the shrimps. So wait, it's like, the there the was going to be shrimp in it. Um, and well, that's yeah, why he thought like, it was a seafood chowder. Like, yeah. <laughs> and just like is this an egg in it no it's a huevo just like yeah. the way Robin Williams <laughs> is just explaining this meal and just needing to get this soup out before they discover the uh, the Greek bowls and yeah they're, the, they're erotic plates the erotic <laughs> plates <laughs> oh, oh this movie I mean there's a couple of good food scenes in this movie I don't know if we'll you know we can, I mean, might as well. To, I, I love, I mean, just when he's, when Robin Williams is trying to get Nathan Lane on board and getting to him to be a bit more, I don't know, uh, heteronormative? What do we, what do we want to call it? No, just, he, uh, you know, the premise of the film is that, uh, I mean, they're so young, but, uh, and, his son, uh, Robin Williams' son, Robin Williams is gay. Nathan Lane is his partner, but uh, Robin Williams' son brings back a girl and invites their family over for dinner. I mean, again, I'm making a very short version, and the yeah, family, the conservative, the dad happens to be like one of the most conservative senators in the Senate, so they kind of got to pretend that they're like 
especially look this is the 90s right this isn't like today but they got to pretend they're a super quote-unquote normal american family so you know long story short in south beach miami at a time that was (laughs) and they and they own a uh (laughs) they own a drag club downstairs (laughs) um which kind of just popped up all around them which was (laughs) a quaint beach town uh yeah, and so just that, and that's you know, I mean. Oh, oh, so you were talking, yeah. So he, you know, at one point, Robin Williams is is asking for Nathan Lane's character, his partner, to just pretend that he's like an uncle, and he's like, "Oh, you yeah. got to play it straight." So yes, you John know, Wayne, up. and they do the whole John Wayne walk and everything like that, and then the spreading on the you got a schmear. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Nathan Lane's characters just like dotting things on the tips like no men <laughs> it's just so good like both of them play i mean their characters just so well like i love nathan lane one of the biggest laughs any movie has ever given me is when nathan lane is trying to leave um when robin williams goes to talk to you know his kid's mom uh and and uh, Nathan Lane is trying to leave and trying to start the car, and the way he screams <laughs> when the car horn goes off, it gets me every time, and it's my laugh is just as loud as Rob is as Nathan Lane screams in that scene, and it's just I love this movie. It's definitely, <laughs> I mean, so good, and just that yeah, that whole <laughs> like he said, like they're invited over for dinner, and this is the. This is what this is what uh, you know. Agador Spartacus is making for him. <laughs> <laughs> just what the malinus. And uh, look, I never heard anyone say this, but potentially people could think that, like, once again, Hank Azaria is playing a different uh, ethnicity that he shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm not Guatemalan, but I'm Latino, and I'm totally okay with it. Like, maybe other people aren't, and if they're offended, I'm sorry, but. I think it's awesome, and I think it's hilarious. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, exactly. We're not we're not getting into the the politics and the uh, of of it all, but like, I mean, it's it is it's acting. Let people act sometimes. I don't know. Like, that's just, <laughs> but, and it's a comedy sense. too. And it's yeah. a comedy, and it's like again for like, and you look at it and for the time. We're not even talking. We're not getting into the craziness that of you know like. Blazing Saddles, that comedy, and like you know, you you know maybe like you know you wouldn't be able to make that these days or something <laughs> like that. It's uh, I think it's still a, a kind of progressive movie, but there, maybe there's some problematic scenes. But I mean, I don't know how many movies don't have that. And then also, then it's just it's good that they just because that shows progress, right? Uh, that's just yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to, yeah, but, well, yeah. Well, um. Last but not least, uh, this well, this is the first time this is happening, so um, I feel like you, you've experienced a lot of firsts. We even named, you know, Gut Instincts on your Coming to America episode. And guys, please go back and check out all the episodes that uh, Brian has been on. It's, I mean, it's been a little while we did, but we did two back-to-back. We did the Friendsgivings. Um, you were on for My Dinner with Andre with John Harden. We did My Dinner with Hervé, and we did Coming to America. That was the first one. And uh, curious when that sequel will be coming out, if that's going to be delayed in any kind of way. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? But um, I wanted, you know, I, I, I didn't want to just end it. I wanted to, last time it was who would be your dream dinner guest. This time I want to ask you, 
if you were, because this is, this is in, I think, in the food world, and as a man that, uh, well, still works, you know, some, some days at a deli, but I worked at a deli for a long time, as most of you know, uh, this is just a high honor in itself. So if, if there was going to be a sandwich named after you and you had say, because mm-hmm. most of the times there, there's not, maybe the place is making the decision for you, but if you had say in what kind of sandwich would be named after you what would be the elements what kind of bread what you know what, what, what's going into this sandwich oh i thought i had to name the sandwich no no what is i was gonna say the instigator okay well that's <laughs> i like that okay so <laughs> the, the, that's that's the name the instigator but okay what would be in this sandwich and it can't be like an existing sandwich so it has to well huh. you know can, i mean it can be like a kind of a you know you get you Obviously, a, a meat and a cheese we know, but then there's a specific, you know, condiment on it and on specific bread. You know, like that's it doesn't have to be a breaking, you know, new age sandwich. I mean, I had, like I said, I, I'm Dominican American, and I had a Dominican breakfast. But I don't know if I'm like the the best example of what a Dominican should be because I don't cook Dominican food every night or something, but I would like a sandwich with like this like Dominican style salami, maybe like the platano maduro, you know, mm. like, yeah. like just like kind of putting all those foods in a sandwich. And I don't, there's, there are some Dominican breads, but let's cheat. Let's move over an Island. Let's use that like Cuban sandwich, like Cuban bread, you know, that like really bad white bread, buttery bread for you <laughs> um yeah just that that you see in chef them just sh- talk about a schmear yeah of butter <laughs> no exactly like like that's the bread i want but i want like some typical dominican foods in there but i want the sweet plantains um you know you and i have both been to this place by my apartment cachapas y mas which is like a venezuelan venezuelan right place yeah. but it still has you know similar food but like you could get stuff where the bread if you will is either like a yeah tostone is like a regular plantain or a sweet plantain i might do that as well yeah that's so good there they have the chopped up like steak like into like little strips and whatever Mm. i think they put just like i think it's like a ketchup mayo combo so Mm. good Oof, now so many are coming into my head <laughs> of like what I could and my do. My mouth to. is watering again, but I like that. So okay, so we're get, yeah, we got a good like yeah. Well, you, you said like you said you're Dominican American, so then maybe I'm just like trying to find some obnoxious American thing to add to it. French like, fries. Some, I was gonna say yeah, French fries, or like I was gonna say some crushed up potato chips or something. Mm, yeah, like I'll take it. Dor- I'll take it. Doritos or something. Do- not Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> not Doritos. But you know what's well, good? good. Um, have you had this, like, I don't know. I, I always assume it's Cuban because I've gotten it at Cuban places. But, like, the that Cuban-style steak in the same bread but with the, um, what are the, you know those, like, I think they're called potato sticks? Oh, They're, like, yeah. kind of like chips but little, like, but sticks like, of potato. I can't like you know fr- I mean. French fry potato chips. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, like shoestring shoe str- fry chips. In a way, right? Kind of. Is that what you're saying? I think those that's ones? it. No, I mean, but these are flat. Sorry. Oh, okay. I, I I'll have to find like what this sandwich is called or what they're what it's called. It's like potato sticks, as they're saying, but like they're flat. I think they were like a more common snack in the '80s than they are today. Uh, I'm sure I'll <laughs> recognize them once I 
to see a picture of the, you know, the, was it they were in a bag? Um, the, I've seen them in a canister as well. Ooh, like a like a Pringles canister? No, more like a like a cheese balls canister. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's getting old school. Okay, I, I guess yeah. they just call it Cuban steak sandwich, um, or pan con bistec. That like you'll see it at a lot of Cuban restaurants. I suggest you order it because even some by you have had it. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna send you a picture now of like what it looks like in the Discord. Yes. Again, you can get this oh yes. By the way, you guys were practicing, you know, social safety by you know distancing by recording over the internet. So yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so I put I put a link there if you want to see what it looks like. Oh, okay, on on Discord. Let me mm-hmm. see. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, those, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah okay, those... but, like, there's some that are thicker that they sell, and I'm not talking about, these are, like, thinner, you know, these, Yeah. Like, but that, mm, that's a good sandwich, too. That is a good, yeah, and again, that's the, like, you know what I'm talking, like, that's texture for you right there. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. You got the steak, you got the bread, you got the lettuce, you got tomato, you got the, the absolute crunch of those potato stick chips things, that's, mm. that's good. Cuban food's amazing. Cuban food is amazing. They were. Uh, we've we've said this before. It's all the, they're almost like the Italians of the you know the, <laughs> the the Caribbean. Yeah, I mean, good cuisine, family times, passionate, passionate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, um, thank you so much for coming on. And this is uh, obviously, I mean, we're, we're, you know, um, it's just it's good to just be talking i know we're gonna talk anyway because we're friends but um this is the first episode that i'm uh, recording like during quarantining so this is this has been a delight and a nice breath of fresh air during these times yeah no i mean i appreciate it it was uh fun to see a movie about going out to eat we can't go out <laughs> to eat right now but it, it was good i liked it i mean uh this is a great movie. I'll recommend it to anyone. If you're listening to this show, you're going to like this movie. You know, like yes, if you're this into is, this is definitely films. one of the bigger reasons for a show like this to exist. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is truly truly a foodie film. So. Absolutely, and you know, thank you so much for having me on. And you know, you could check out our other show. Sorry for doing plugs, but you could check out our other show. P.S. I love Hoffman. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're cranking out some good stuff for that soon. You, you want to stay tuned to it. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And, of course, my other show, uh, High School Slumber Party, where we talk high school films, and that's still going strong as well. Just Yeah, um, you're uh, about to celebrate the 100th episode, correct? Yeah, in, in a couple days after this release. So that's fun. We all went out to a brewery, so foodie-related there, yeah, and we had a good brewery. time. It was before coronavirus scare, so don't worry, we weren't. We were still – social distancing wasn't even, like, a thing when we went there. And that That's was like correct. A couple yes. weeks ago. So, <laughs> yeah, and again, always appreciate being on this show, and uh, can't wait till I'm on again. Well, if you don't mind saying the uh, the catchphrase for everybody, I would be absolutely delighted. Manja, manja. <laughs> <laughs> no, <clears throat> there's more to cut. Ooh, you nailed it. There you go. All right, guys, manja. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy, and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat thing, and it's just a while.